Hi, this is Adam Kubert. I've drawn um, Renew Your Vows Spider-Man for Marvel Comics on the, the penciler. You are listening to Amazing Spider Talk with Dan the Man. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle I'll be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon They'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon The Amazing Spider-Talk The Amazing Hello and welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com and an assistant editor at CBR. And I'm Mark Ginocchio, founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And Dan, I'm surprised we're both still breathing after 100 episodes last week. (laughs) (laughs) The two and a half hour spectacular. We still have more things to say about Spider-Man, believe it or not. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for this special episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes, Dan. And after having a special Centennial episode last time around, we're following that up with another special episode of the show. In fact, it is a Spider Talk and their Amazing Friends episode. We haven't had one of these in a while. Yeah, it has uh, been a little bit. Yeah, it's been a minute. Been a minute. So uh, today uh, we're going to be hearing your interview with, and this is a pretty pretty big catch here, Dan. So I congratulate you in advance with Adam Kubert, penciler of Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows and Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Yeah, I can't wait for you all to hear this interview with Adam, which I've been working on arranging since uh, way back at the start of Renew Your Vows, uh, I guess, last summer. His time was limited, you know, so this is going to be a shorter episode than normal, which I'm sure you'll all appreciate after our 100th episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we we... we... They can get a breather here and there. I mean, you know, it's not like you get like frequent flyer miles for how how many hours of spider talk you listen to, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe you do, yeah. Uh, and thanks again, everybody, for listening to that that 100th episode. And if you haven't already listened to it, I would highly recommend it. We got a lot of really nice uh, emails and words our way congratulating us for the 100th episode and, and saying how much they enjoyed it. So, But it was really you guys calling in and leaving those awesome voicemails that made it so much fun. Absolutely. Well, well, Dan, why don't we get right into our interview with Adam Kubert give, give some, and something else to leave some good feedback about. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Dan, again, from The Amazing Spider Talk, and I'm joined today by renowned artist Adam Kubert. Uh, Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate that. Hi, everybody, out in 
what is it, podcast land? Podcast land, yes. It's populated by, <laughs> I don't know, after cereal, maybe millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hope so, right? <laughs> it's certainly not our audience, but one could hope, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, fans might recently have recognized your work in the Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows storyline, but where else might uh, 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 comic readers know you from? Uh, well, I'm currently working on uh, all new, all different um, Avengers with Mark Wade. Um, the third issue just hit yesterday. Uh, and, uh, you know, before that, I, I guess... It's, it's, it's a long list. <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> well, S- Spidey-oriented, you also did uh, Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine, right? That's right, with Jason Aaron, which was an, an awesome, awesome job. Yeah, uh, I, well, I can't wait to talk about that. But first, I'm, yeah. I'm really curious, you know, uh, what it's like to grow up as the son of a comic artist, you know, specifically one as celebrated as your father. Uh, you aren't likely the first or last to pass the profession on to the next in in line, you know, uh, what was it like, uh, what did your relationship with your father provide you in terms of coming to and embracing this as a profession? Well, it, it, it's interesting because growing up, uh, the only interest I had in, in comics were reading them. Um, you know, I didn't really, you know, I didn't follow specific artists. I, I, I enjoyed the characters. And, and, um, uh, along those lines, I, I only, I was only really aware of the DC characters. I never went out to, you know, a 7-Eleven or, or a newsstand to pick up comics. My dad brought them home. Um, so, you know, I, I really didn't even know Marvel existed. You know, I didn't pick up a fanzine, but I did, you know, it was bathroom reading. They were all over our house and, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed reading them, and I enjoyed following the the, the characters, your DC fa- characters. Your father was, yeah, he's mainly an artist for DC. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so I'm curious, well, I guess, dad, uh, what was your relationship to Spider-Man? When did you discover the character, and uh, was it something a character that you gravitated towards? Um, you know, when I you know to, to tell you the truth, when I started you know working for Marvel. That's when I became more and more familiar with their characters. Prior to that, you know, it, it, it didn't really matter what character I was drawing. Um, I, I got into it, um, you know, uh, as, as soon as it was on my table. Um, you know, the first character I drew over when I when I came over to Marvel was was Wolverine, and uh, you know, it's just it's just you know having gone through the Marvel comics. Uh, a checklist of characters I haven't drawn. Spider-Man popped up on my radar, and and it's a character that you know I've I've grown to like, um, and uh, you know, and I have a certain you know affinity for drawing him. You know, I, I like you know I I, I like the an, you know the animated feel of the character. I like that he's you know he's flawed. You know, like most you know most of Marvel characters. Um, and it's something that I can relate to. And, and, you know, the fact that, you know, the stories, you know, for the most part take place, you know, in a city that's, you know, half an hour from me, uh, makes me feel right at home. <laughs> um, I guess I'm curious on, on that level. Then how do you, uh, familiarize yourself with, you know, not only just the look of the characters, which is easy as like a Google image search, but like 
the feel of how they move on the page or you know what kind of uh, body language they use? I, I'm curious what kind of research you do when you head into doing a role, uh, a new task like this. Uh, you know, just by reading about it as much as I can. Um, you know, the, the, lately the movies have helped. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, I, I mean, there's certain artists that I follow that that I like, and and I'll just pick up and read. You know, as much as I can prior to starting a new job, just to you know, because you can't be familiar with every character you know that's out there. It's sure. just impossible. Um, and it, and sometimes you know, it takes you know two or three issues to be uh, to become comfortable with any one particular character to, to be able to know that character. Because we all know, as, as you know, as an artist, um, you know, you start with a blank piece of paper, and you know that that's us on that on you know, what we're putting on, on, you know, uh, when we put pencil to paper that, that, you know, it comes from within. Um, and that's us acting, you know, that's us fooling around. That's, you know, that's how we would do it if we were in, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in that particular circumstance. So it, it, you know, like an actor, it does take time to become familiar and, and get the character, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so every, you know, all of our listeners, you know, have their favorite Spider-Man artist. Do you have one that you think is uh, has particularly affected your style for the character? Let me see. Um, well, you know, lately I love seeing. Um, oh, Jesus! She she was doing uh, the name just escapes me right now. Um, I follow her on Instagram. Uh, you know, she was doing uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, Sarah um, Pacelli. Yeah, Sarah Pacelli. She she does a fantastic Spider-Man. You know, regardless of whether it's Miles Morales or not, you know, she does a fantastic Spider-Man. I love what you know the the energy and bounce that Joe Matarera, uh had done. Um, you know, uh, uh, um, Campbell does an, uh, a great Spider-Man. Um, Humberto Ramos, you know, absolutely awesome, and, and you know, he's an awesome artist. Uh, well, so one thing that's, I've that's, always liked about uh, your interpretation of Spider-Man is how you've always managed to emphasize, I guess, the more dynamic qualities of, of a hero in action. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the swinging and the flipping and, and so on. I guess I'm curious how critical it is for an artist to. Uh, uh, somehow illustrate Spider-Man in motion. And I guess I'm also curious what the challenges and, uh, and unique qualities of Spider-Man's movements are versus some of the other heroes you've drawn. Well, I mean, Spider-Man has, has a definite physique and quality to, to how he moves. Um, and I, I still don't feel like I have it yet. You know, I, I still fall back on, you know, uh, it, what could be, you know, um, you know, a, another character flying through the air or, or, you know, that's not, you know, you kind of have to double check yourself, you know, is this how Spider-Man or, or think about it a little more? Is this how Spider-Man would move or talk or walk or swing or, or, or whatever? Is this his physique or is he too muscular? Because, you know, the, the mistake that I made, I, I think early on, I drew him too muscular, um, you know, thinking he should be more slim and, and, and bouncy. And that's, you know, that's really what a, actually a, a good editor uh, comes into play and say, wait a minute, you got to, you know, tone that physique down. He's more, you know, <laughs> he's more like, he's more like a rubber band. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, one of your uh, first regular stints illustrating Spider-Man was in that that awesome, uh, as we mentioned earlier, astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine stories. And uh, yeah. I always thought that one of the best aspects of that story was seeing so many different variations on both Peter Parker and Logan, bearded or otherwise. Uh, right. Can you speak to the process of creating these like new designs? And and I'm also curious, do you have a favorite? Uh, you know, it, it was fun coming up with you know all those you know different flavors of, of Spider-Man and Wolverine. You know, I, I mean, basically it was you know it was a buddy film. You could put them in in, in any circumstance, and they haven't changed. They're still the same people. You know, all I'm doing is putting a hat, a beard, a this, a that on those same characters. So it really wasn't that difficult to do because, you know, deep down these were these were the same guys. And, and that, that was kind of the, the essence of the, you know, that whole story. You know, regardless of, of what circumstance they're in, um, you know, we learned about the characters and, and the relationship. But they're, they were basically the same characters uh, from, from start to finish. So, you know, to answer your question, it really wasn't that, that big a deal. Do you have a favorite uh, interpretation of them? I, I love doing them in the West. You know, the, I, I like drawing, you know, well, that whole thing was, was really cool. I always am like, I, I'm always just wake up every week and I'm like, I hope today I find out that they've greenlit a Spider-Man and Wolverine in the West book. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, what a great buddy film, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm curious uh, about um, how you came to be involved. Oh, you know what? Even before that, I'm, I am more curious about the three-page awesome layout you did in that book of the, the Doom planet. Uh, how did yeah. that, how did that uh, arrive? Because it's not often you see like a three-page spread like that. Did you put that forward or did someone come to you and say, let's do a three-pager? I wanted to do a four-pager. <laughs> I wanted it to be a four-pager. You know, this thing, you know, it was such an, uh, you know, an unusual part of the story and such an unusual visual. Um, uh, I just thought, you know, I can't get it into a two-page spread. Let's go for, a, you know, a, a gatefold. And, um, you know, fortunately, Marvel, uh, they said yes. And then I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You got to be careful what you wish for, you know. Right, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know that book ends on a cliffhanger. Has there? Have you heard any talk about ever following up uh, the story uh, that was left off at the end there? No, I, I haven't. Um, but you know, if, if it does start up again, I would be the first in line. Awesome. Well, so you know, yeah. speaking of miniseries, uh, I'm curious how you came to be involved in uh, renew, with new, with Renew Your Vows this past year. Uh, well, I, I actually I went I, I go to the, uh, the Marvel uh, Creative Retreat, um, and I've I've been going for the past uh, year and a half, two years, and you know I, I feel very fortunate that that. You know, they've they've asked me to be involved, but um, I also get to hear all the ideas that are uh, bounced around as as to new series, and and this is going to be coming up, and that's going to be coming up. And, uh, you know, when I heard Renew Your Vows, I ran right over to Nick Lowe um, and said, look, I I want this project. (laughs) You know, I want it. And uh, he said, well, let's let's see if we can move some pieces around and, and... you know, if we can do that, it's yours. 
What was uh, what was the desire there in terms of wanting it so bad? Because I know that some people, you know, there was probably some reservations in the Marvel office regarding revisiting the marriage. But it sounds like you were all over this. Well, I've been wanting to do Spider-Man for a long period of time, and and uh, timing and projects, you know, it it just wasn't lining up. Um, You know, I wanted, I I would have loved to, to, you know, try my hand at, at doing one of those monthlies that are over there, but, you know, those guys are, you know, they're, they're hanging on tight to those books. So, um, you know, when, when this one came up, it was a singular, you know, just Spider-Man by himself story, uh, you know, five issues. Um, it just, it, it seemed exactly what I was looking for. So, uh, you know, so that's when I tackled Nick. Um, you've never had a, a sustained run illustrating Spidey, but uh, I guess is that something you would change? Do you think you could keep up with that twice monthly schedule? No, <laughs> I couldn't. I could keep up, and and that's really one of my goals this year is, is to be able to do uh, one, a, a book a month. You know, uh, last year I think I did ten issues. You know, in one year, um, and uh, you know I, I, I want to. I want to get to that, you know, to be able to do that monthly, you know, that monthly nut. Um, so if, you know, if I were to able, you know, because there's not many guys that could do, you know, one issue a month, much less two issues, you know, yeah. doing a bi-monthly. Um, but I would, I would love a shot at doing uh, a regular monthly uh, Spider-Man book. I, would, I, know, I, would I know our fans would love to see it. Yeah, I, I would definitely love to do it. It's just, you know, it's it's one of the greatest characters. And, you know, one thing that's nice about, you know, doing a regular series and, and Avengers for me right now is, is regular, although I'm, I'm uh, tag teaming with uh, Mamada Srar uh, uh, on the book with, uh, you know, the, that Mark Wade is writing. Yeah. Um, you become very familiar with the characters uh, and it gets easier to draw and and I think the project comes out better when you know when when you can really feel what all these you know all these characters are doing and, and how they react and you know and, and it's it's a goal of mine to, to stay on a monthly for or, or to get a monthly and and stay on it for a period of time I had a question about some of the details in renew your vows the second issue I'll never forget there's this beautiful scene outside the front of the school where you did this really beautiful flower pattern up the side of the building. And I was, yeah. I was curious, you know, uh, the busy schedule, like I'm sure yours is with drawing, how do you balance with, like where you should put your focus? Because I saw that and I was like, clearly he spent a lot of time doing this. Uh, yeah. you know, what, what, what was the idea there? And, uh, and I guess, how do you, uh, choose where to invest your detail? Uh, it, it, it really depends, you know, it, it depends on, on the story and, and, you know, it, it all depends on the story. You know, that particular page, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Uh, you know, it was an introduction to the school that Annie belonged to, I believe. Or was it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it's her Annie's school. school. Yeah, And I had really good reference. That was an actual school in, in uh, New York City. Which, you know, side story, it happens to be the same school that Nick Lowe, who's the editor, his daughter or his his wife teaches at, which I didn't know at the time. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I know. He said in fact when I sent the page and he said, I know that school. 
you know, and I think I just did a search, in, you know, online, you know, New York City public school or, or, or whatever, and, and that one happened to have a, a bunch of great shots. So, you know, the, the, the amount of detail I put in there really had to do with uh, I had great reference. Do you know what school it is? I, I forget the name of it right now. I forget the name of it. Oh, darn. Well, <laughs> anyway, I guess. Uh, so I guess I'm curious about your working uh, relationship with uh, Dan Slott and how that compares with other creators. Because so you worked with Jason Aaron on a number of titles. And, you know, at least judging by Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine, I imagine his scripts are quite detailed. But, you know, Slot, he works with that plot-heavy Marvel style, and I guess I'm curious what your relationship with him is like as a creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, we um, you know, we went, we, you know, we didn't go back and forth that much. Uh, you know, uh, some emails if I have a question or, or, or this and that. Um, you know, it, different, you know, different writers, you know, um, uh, you know, I have different relationships with different writers. Dan, I mean, we get along great when we see each other, like at the retreats and stuff. But to be honest, um, besides the back and forth emails, we didn't really talk to each other much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, it was more uh, a professional relationship. Uh, Jason Aaron, you know, more of the, more of the same. Although, um, you know, I, I've spent a little more time with Jason. Uh, you know, uh, away from, uh, you know, uh, the books a little bit. Um, so it, it, it really depends on the person. Well, you know, I guess from it, an artist's point of view, what do you think are the advantages or disadvantages to, like, working in the Marvel style? The Marvel style meaning the, the plot style? Plot, yeah, and As then a, uh, dialogue later. Okay. Well, just, just to take a step back for, for your listeners, you know, the Marvel style is, is one which, you know, the artists are called to draw the scripts from uh, a plot where, you know, where the writers will fill in the dialogue after they see the artwork. DC style is, you know, full script where all the finished dialogue is, is already down and uh, the artists don't really have to guess what the, what the, what the um, characters are going to be saying. They know what they're going to be saying and they know how to act out the characters. So, so that said... Marvel, you know, it, it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you know, Marvel style, Marvel style gives you more leeway. It, it may be a little more creative for the artist because there, there's less restriction, restrictions by, you know, what, you know, what was, you know, what's been dictated by the, um, you know, by the, by the writer. But, you know, any script that I have, I generally, you know, believe that it, it, it's my job to tell the story. If I feel as though it needs an extra panel or uh, an extra page, um, you know, depending on, on uh, you know, on, on, you know, if it needs an extra page, of course, I'm going to, I'll give the editor a call and see if I can get the go ahead. If it needs an extra panel or two, or, you know, I want to combine pages into a spread, um, I, I take that under the category of, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, if it, if it helps with the story. So, um, did I answer your question? I forget what your yeah, question is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I've heard from other artists, is that some of them find it freeing, and some of them really like to have yeah. their hands held um, in terms of making sure the story is all there. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the other extreme was I did a, a, um, a job with Jason Aaron. Um, it was uh, A versus X. 
AV, it wasn't AVX, it was A versus X. I did the first one, and it was Magneto versus Iron Man. Yeah. It was a, a you know, small 10-page story, and Jason um, wrote a basically a, a half-page plot for the 10 pages. So I broke <laughs> it down, you know, and I had such a fun time doing that, you know, because I broke it into pages and the panels, because usually Marvel style, you know, they'll break it. In, in the very least, they'll, they'll break it into, uh, you know, pages down into paragraphs. And, and you could surmise that each paragraph is, is about a panel. Um, but this time it was, you know, it was one type page and it was going to be 10 pages. And it was, it was really a blast. So, you know, that's why I say to me, it doesn't matter. Each job holds its own, uh, you know, problems and solutions. And, and that's just something that, that, uh, you know, that, that makes it fun, you know, it makes them all different. Well, one of the more interesting things about Renew Your Vows was the introduction of Annie as a character, and, um, you know, she bears a strong resemblance to uh, Quesada's own creation of uh, the young red-headed girl from the One More Day story. I was curious, was she designed st- uh, specifically to model that character? Uh, yes, it was. I was given uh, Quesada's uh, the, the pictures of, of what Kachata did as reference. But um, in all honesty, in the end, I used my own daughter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, you know, what, yeah, when, when, cause my daughter was, you know, same age as Annie. And in fact, I had her uh, pose a couple of times for, you know, one or two of the covers, which, which featured Annie. So I guess I'm curious, our final question here, what does it mean to you personally uh, that you've been able to draw Spider-Man for Marvel or any of the heroes that you've been able to put on the page? Uh, I'm not sure I understand. What does it mean to me? Yeah, personally, like that you're part of this legacy of this character well, and bringing it to life. I guess I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm part of the legacy, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel very fortunate that that Marvel trusts me with drawing, you know, their probably most popular character, and, and you know, I respect the character and and you know everything he's been through. But really, in the end, when I'm sitting here by myself drawing, I'm doing the absolute best I can in the time that I have, and I really enjoy it. You know, so as far as you know, uh, uh, um, respecting the legacy. I, I, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to, to be doing what I'm doing, and and uh, I'm I'm happy that Marvel trusts me with with uh, you know with that responsibility. That seems like a really healthy approach. <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, you got to stay focused, you know, because it's just comics. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, if uh, if our listeners wanted to follow more of uh, your work or follow you on the internet, where could they find you? Well, I have uh, uh, you know all the social media: Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, I teach at the Kubert School. Uh, I run the Kubert School with my brother, um, and I'm currently working on uh, uh, all new, all different adventures. Awesome. Well, uh, I know that we all look forward to reading all new, all different Avengers. Miles Morales, everybody. I know. How awesome is that, right? Yeah, really great. And you got to <laughs> yeah, be the first one to debut him in the in the Marvel Universe, really. I, was I? I'm not sure. I'm I think sure. you were. I absolutely think you were. Well, you want to hear a little side story? Sure. I'll give you a little side story. 
Okay. Now we we all know where Miles Morales, uh, you know, where that came to be. That was in the Ultimate Universe. Of course. Uh, now, um, if my schedule was clear, I would have been drawing uh, Amazing. Oh, it wasn't Amazing. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. But but my I didn't have the schedule. My schedule was you know I couldn't start it. Then I start. Then I did uh, Ultimate XM. Oh wow! Yeah. You you mean you mean uh, back back when it was originally starting? That's right. Instead of Mark Bagley. That's right. That is re- I've I'm, never heard that I'm, before. That's really something else. I, and I'm glad I didn't because Mark Bagley, you know, he is Mister Ultimate Spider-Man. Absolutely, you know? he and, is. And, I couldn't and, imagine and, otherwise. <laughs> I couldn't either. And, you know, it's funny how things work out for the best. Well, you kind of got your own kind of spin on it in your own alternate universe, Spider-Man, and renew your vows. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. That's really funny. Well, uh, you know, Adam, uh, it's been really great having you on. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with all the upcoming work you're doing. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for, for all the great questions. Spider-Man and his amazing friend. Well, Mark, you haven't listened to the interview quite yet. You're probably listening to it on Friday with everybody else. But I got to tell you, it was really fun to talk to Adam Kubert uh, for the brief time that we were able to do so. And, uh, you know, it's kind of shocking that, you know, a a guy this fresh with Marvel, you know, was handed over the reins to something like Renew Your Vows. And then that last minute, reveal that he uh, told me about how he was originally going to be on Ultimate Spider-Man instead of Mark Bagley. I had never heard of that before, so I was pretty shocked. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good little nugget of information you got there. And, and, and also, yes, I might be a co-host of the show, folks, but if I'm not there for the interview, I don't hear it until you hear it, because that's, <laughs> that's how we do business here at Amazing Spider Talk. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll start emailing them to you ahead of time. Oh, it's okay. I forgive you. You just like to listen <laughs> to the edited versions. <laughs> I just like to, I, I like to pretend to come in at the end and be like, wow, what a great interview, Dan. I can't believe that thing he said that time. How specific of you, Mark? Yes, it was exciting. Well, of course, everybody, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts where they always are at superiorspidertalk.com and more specifically on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Amazing Spider Talk. And, uh, of course, when you get there, please be sure to leave us a review on the show. You can also email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our favorite voicemail hotline, 9RedGoblin. Ask us a question and we'll feature it on an upcoming show. Oh my goodness. The, the, the voicemail is going to become an everlasting thing, isn't it, Dan? It is. It's a thing here to stay because, you know, I thought that was fun. And, and it's kind of a more engaging way to read people's questions or answer you- people's questions rather. You know, Dan, it's funny. Like, here's another little bit of information, uh, dear listeners, that I'm finding out for the first time while recording this issue, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, send us your voicemails because we're doing that now Mark, all it's, the it's, time. Mark, it's my roller coaster, and you're just on board. 
I'm down. I'm down. Well, also be sure, speaking of roller coasters, to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Ultimate Spin. And then also check out the brand new, all new, all different, all exciting, friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. And then you can win a copy of The Untold Tales of Spider-Man Omnibus. That thing you could like, you could kill a person with that thing if you swing it at the right angle. Or, or just, even if you didn't, let or the just swing drop it, right? it off a tall building. Well, you don't, well, don't do that because then you could like put a hole in the earth if you do that. <laughs> We're going to come up with a superhero themed version of Clue. It's the, it's the <laughs> untold tales of Spider-Man omnibus in, uh, in the New York skyline by the random passersby. At the Donald Trump rally. There you go. <laughs> We've got to make a Donald Trump reference every show now. There we go. Absolutely. No, no. We're just talking about Donald the inner demon. Donald the inner demon. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's more than an inner demon now, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, boy. Our politics are showing, Mark. Uh, so okay. next week, we're going to be discussing a new essentials book. Uh, one of your picks, Mark. What book are we going to be talking about next week? Yeah, speaking of things that we haven't done in a while, we're we're back to the essentials, and uh, we're going to talk about probably one of my all-time favorite stories, but also what I believe to be an essential story, Amazing Spider-Man number 229-230, better known as Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. Who is not a mutant, just to be clear. Who is not a mutant. I, I, I accidentally wrote that in an article on What Culture once and got flamed to, like, Back to Britain, I think. I mean, it was horrendous. <laughs> is that where people who are flamed go? Yeah, well, well, what culture is based in Britain? So, oh, like, gotcha. most most of the commenters there are, are are British. So it's like, oh, governor, what's wrong with you and your your non mutant bugly boo? <laughs> That's my British imitation. We just no. lost like a bunch <laughs> of listeners. <laughs> Captain Britain, cheerio, pip, pip. That's like Dan Slott's writing. <laughs> Speaking of listeners, I just found out that we are a big podcast in Jordan of all places. So I'm, oh. I'm curious who is listening to us in Jordan. If you're in Jordan, shoot us an email. I'd love to talk to you. Yes, but don't send Jordan almonds. I never really appreciate Jordan almonds. Are Jordan almonds from Jordan, Dan? We gotta fit in a food reference. <laughs> I we're, don't know. We're, we're working them all in in like rapid succession here. We we have a limited window here. <laughs> I'm also just stalling before the inevitable like Uncle Ben uh, story that I have to come up with on the fly. So, well, speaking of inevitability, Mark, where can people find your stuff on the internet? Well, of course, you can find me at superiorspidertalk.com, where I'll be counting down Spider-Man and mutant stories, so mutants not including Juggernaut. Uh, Dan, I know my most recent pick kind of uh, struck a nerve with you, right, with the Spider-Man Wolverine Ultimate story? I just thought it was a really bizarre pick. I mean, like, I love that story for, like, how bad, bad it is, and I guess that's half the charm is that Bendis admits how, like, bad it is, but to make a top ten list, that kind of shocked me. Well, it's there. Deal with it, man. <laughs> and it's part of the official Spiderpedia of our site. So have fun with that. <laughs> there you go. Everybody leave some comments, please. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. Dan, what about yourself? Yeah, you can, of course, find, like Mark, all of my writing and all of our contributors' writings over on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at SupSpiderTalk. And you can read my movie reviews at grindmyreels.com. 
Yes, Dan, I finally got to see Force Awakens, and I have purposely avoided reading your review because I know I'll disagree with it. But you should read his movie reviews anyway, folks. <laughs> Mark and I often get into fights about the quality of films. We, we seem to be, like, mostly on the same page with comics. I mean, we have our, our disagreements and quibbles, but movies more often we do not see eye to eye on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a movie show. That that could get I, I think I think the 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 friendship and and camaraderie that we celebrated our 100th episode would come to a crashing halt if we did a movie podcast. Well, we almost <laughs> didn't do this podcast because of a movie podcast. Exactly, you know, because <laughs> you, you liked the Dark Knight Rises and thought that the people who criticized it were just expecting perfection. Uh, that I, that was more my my co-host Brian than than it is me. And, and I all I was expecting was a coherent plot that didn't play, take place in a pit for two thirds of it with a villain that was un, undecipherable. Well, speaking about someone who is in a pit right now, uh, okay, Mark, I heard that not only did Uncle Ben have a rose garden that he tended to. But as a sculptor, he used to build these incredible flower reliefs into the side of public school buildings. I'm curious, did you ever find out where Ben developed his fondness for flowers? You know, I, I, I never truly got the, the, the story about his fondness for flowers. But, you know, him in the, in the garden does bring me back to a story from my childhood. Um, you know, I was... We were actually hanging out in my uncle's backyard and, and he was playing. I was, I was maybe, oh, I don't know, four or five at the time. And he was being very silly. He put a piece of orange in his mouth and was making like little monkey faces at me. And then very tragically, he just keeled over and died in the, in the flower bushes with the orange still in his mouth. And, um, do you ever take you know, those roses to put on his grave? Uh, I, I, yeah, I probably did. And, and I don't know, something about some song play that was like, and then also with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk. That's part of the song. That's part of the song. (laughs) 